Hello and welcome everyone to episode 32 of the Pony Hackcast. I am your host Sam. I also go by Ducky O'Brien on Twitch and many other platforms. Anyways, today we'll be covering Real Steel, and this is our last episode that we have left in our archives. It was previously unreleased, and I am releasing it now. Uh, because we still have an issue with Isaiah being stuck in New Zealand thanks to the coronavirus and it is a little bit harder to record new episodes because of the time zone differences as well as him having access to internet that's not the best quality. Without further ado, here is episode 32 of the Pony Hackcast covering Real Steel. Hello and welcome to the 28th episode of the Pointy Hackcast. I am your host Sam, also known as Lucky O'Brien on Twitch. And we are joined today by our co-host, fellow robot boxers, Barry. Hello. And Isaiah. What's up? Today's episode is on the best Dr. Pepper advertisement, Real Steel. Our email is pointyhackcast at gmail.com. Please send us any questions or comments as well as any requests for movies for us to watch. Once again, the email is pointyhatcast at gmail.com. Real Steel was released on October 2011 in the US. It was directed by Sean Levy. The screenplay was written by John Gattins. It stars Hugh Jackman, Dakota Goyo, Evangeline Lilly, Anthony Mackie, and many more. Currently, as of this podcast, it has a Rotten Tomato score of 60% for critics and 73% for audience. In the near future, robot boxing is a top sport. A struggling ex-boxer feels he's found a champion and a discarded robot. Barry, why don't you take us away? So I didn't know very much about this movie going into it, except that robots punch each other. And Hugh Jackman is in it, and that's all I knew about it. But then watching it, I'm like, this. so this is Rocky Balboa meets WWE meets Gundam Wing. <laughs> I'm like, alright, alright, I can dig it. The plot is a lot more straightforward than you would think. In fact, it's probably the most straightforward movie I've watched in a very long time. Within the first maybe five minutes, you know exactly how the movie is going to play out. Down to like, maybe even shot by shot. (laughs) You know the arcs way before they happen. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. It's really by the numbers. It It has its charm. It's a decent amount of fun. I did have some problems with the movie, but overall, it's still, it's still pretty good. I enjoyed robots punching each other. I think Hugh Jackman definitely carried the movie <laughs> very much. Uh, and then Evangeline Lilly is just there for some reason. And Anthony Mackie, too, just like he is in all of his other roles. <laughs> just there. He's just there. And yeah, it's, it's an interesting movie. I don't know if I could recommend it to everyone. I would definitely recommend it to many people that are looking for like a, like a fun film. What about you, Isaiah? Yeah, I agree. I think there's a Venn diagram and it's just like people who would not enjoy this movie and then people who do enjoy this movie. And then there's a third circle to the side that says people who enjoy real steel. And in that circle, it's just Pacific Rim and real steel together in the same <laughs> box. Yeah. <laughs> I think they're pretty much along the same vein. Like, just really entertaining films. I mean, I do think that they do a really good job of actually building on the characters. And, like, you kind of care about them, you know? Strangely enough. Not like Pacific Rim 2. Mm. But, uh... <laughs> yeah, they're, like, arcs and stuff. Yeah, they have, like, arcs. They have motivations. 
you know, they fall short, they rise again, stuff like that, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I do agree with the sentiment of like, it's very straightforward and it's like a paint by numbers <laughs> book. Like for a movie that's about robots boxing each other, you would expect some something out of left field, but it's it's actually very straightforward. Yeah. And they play everything completely straight too. Like not a lot of things are kind of made it up as a joke, strangely enough, right? You would think with a movie like this, yeah. There'd kind of be some wink wink, nudge nudge, like, hey, this is funny, right? robots <laughs> fighting each other because people are bored of people fighting each other but it, it's not but it is a really entertaining film and Hugh Jackman definitely does carry this film like hurt his back levels has to go to the hospital for surgery levels <laughs> to carry <Yeah>. this film <laughs> <laughs> but, it, but it's enjoyable right I think Sam enjoyed it right? I enjoyed it I enjoyed it a lot yeah yeah why, why didn't you think you were going to enjoy this film initially, though, Sam? You know, like, I don't like boxing. I think robots boxing really? is stupid. Yeah, I want that boxing to... Boxing movies? No, I, I don't. I really don't. What? I just want, like, people... You love the cheese? I love the cheese. I like the rocket elbow. Don't give me no boxing. Give me the rocket elbow, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Give me, the, give me the double swords. Give me the shout the name. Like, I, I'm more like wrestling, I suppose. Uh, but yeah, boxing is too straightforward and, like, Grounded in reality, I just want some, some, some cheese on top of my movie. Sometimes, also, I thought it was gonna be like a, like a B level family film, but uh, Hugh Jackman is his performance is so strong that he just yeah you're right he carried this movie, he made it work. So the reason why I really liked it is that it's a very by the numbers again everything's by the numbers but like a hero arc where Hugh Jackman is a very flawed character and the characters other characters point out his flaws like Vangeline Lina is like you don't plan anything that's your big flaw so like it shows him not planning stuff and like paying the cost for it he messes up all the time because he just goes in his son points out you made a bad bet every time he makes a bad bet you know like buying a robot taking on a fight so that he can't win going all in when like any logical person would be like just play it safe dude but then it progresses where his son find, finds a robot in the junkyard. They, they put it together. They make him better. And, and all of a sudden, they're winning. So then, you know, he's tempted with money. He turns it down, though. Like, you see this progress where uh, he's slowly changing from a, a guy who didn't want the son, who thinks it's too late to take care of his son. There's a real emotional weight to this film. You know, even though it's by, by the numbers, by on the nose, uh, you know, it just got me a little bit, a little bit, just, just a teeny bit, <laughs> you know, yanked my heartstrings a little bit. And then like he grows into this well-rounded person. So, you know, it's a boxing movie, sure. But it's more about Hugh Jackman turning into a respectable human being. And that's why, you know, if you can get past the trappings, if it doesn't appeal to you at its heart, it's, it's a journey about a character uh, just growing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's about family. <laughs> it's about family. Uh, also, a couple notes. Uh, I don't like child actors. I don't even like adult actors portraying teenagers. I find it really annoying. Just because, like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so annoying all the time. But this child actor was okay. He was bearable because it starts out. Uh, it, he really annoyed me. And it, yeah, yeah. I realized he was way more annoying the second time around when I was watching. Oh, gotcha. Maybe I have yeah. to watch it again. 
yeah halfway through it's like oh okay i can i can i can get behind this so in the, in the beginning i think they kind of downplay it but you know like he's like you you screwed me like that's his first response to his dad because he hasn't seen him for a long while and they're gonna go on a trip to rome and there's like a whole scene where he like bribes the the husband to be like <laughs> hey just let me have the son for a little bit just give me the money to keep him so that you can go on your vacation without having a little kid ruin it. And it's like, you screwed me because I was going to go into a foreign country. And then later he's like, you sold me. Because <laughs> he, he basically did sell him. And he doesn't want him, you know, all of that. And uh, yeah, soon they, they grow together. And I think it's a very heartwarming film. I liked it a little bit less than other films like uh, Stranger Than Fiction or... Um, Secret Life of Walter Mitty, like those kind of movies, because there's no kids, <laughs> there's no boxing. But I would put it on the same level where, you know, this is a very solid family film. If you wanted to watch it as a family, it's very positive, uplifting, good values, like all of that. And boxing, there's robots in it, <laughs> beating the crap out of each other. But yeah, I, I really liked it. I, I think Hugh Jackman made the movie especially like his character arc if it didn't have that it would have been more shallow but also my last thing that i wanted to point out i was laughing real hard at the part where the kid was training the robot and there's like dr pepper on the table and then it zooms out and then there's even more dr pepper and it zooms out again and there's dr pepper on the ground it's like three separate instances and i'm like oh my god this is a this is the best Dr. Pepper advertisement I've ever seen. Did you see all the Budweiser's too? Yeah, I yeah. didn't catch that, but... So, cool story. They are not sponsored by Dr. Pepper. They're not? What the <laughs> heck? They're not. Why is it so many? <laughs> they missed an advertising opportunity. Uh, also, yeah. the robot does a robot. I just want to point it out. I thought it was kind of funny because, you know, it's a human imitating a robot, and then a robot is imitating a human imitating a robot. Comes full yeah. circle. Yeah. <laughs> There's level to this. Yeah, there's level to this. There's level to this. This is like the way you said kaiju piloting the uh the, the Jaegers and then a Jaeger piloting another Jaeger, a larger one. Exactly. Yeah, I see the logic. There's there's levels, Sam. There's levels there's to levels. this thing. There's levels, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I liked it a lot. We keep saying that huge Jackman uh, basically <laughs> like Jack- carried the film, but... I kind of, I kind of feel like he was a miscast, even though he was so good. I feel like who would you want to have seen? I feel like they could have used somebody a little bit sleazier than Hugh Jackman. Oh, like maybe like Matthew McConaughey or something. Oh, <laughs> somebody who was a little bit sleazier. You know, in the opening of the film, he is a straight up scumbag. <laughs> you're saying he's too likable, and that's his flaw. He's like too, he's too good of a guy. Yeah, you're right. Believable enough. Yeah, he's such a gentleman. And then he's, like, selling his son, getting drunk, and, like, hitting on girls all throughout the entire movie, and, like, giving shit to kids. Yeah, I mean, I, I was literally envisioning the same scenes with, like, Matthew McConaughey, and I'm like, that probably would have worked a little bit better. All right, all right, all right. All right, all right. That'll be $20 to have a picture of this robot here. Uh, you're right, I can see that better now. <laughs> I always forget Hugh Jackman is, you know... An Aussie. Yeah. <laughs> he does a fantastic job. Imagine yeah. Matthew McConaughey trying to do an Australian accent. I can't. Oh, that would be bad. All right, all right, all right. That'd be gold. 
Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it was just me because, like, he was real scummy for, like, the first, I don't know, 30 minutes of the film. Yeah, like, I didn't even think about that, but I, I see it. Yeah. I bought it. I bought it. I see, I see where you're coming from. It, like, works out very well at the end. It evens out somewhere in the middle. It was really distracting for me for the first 30 minutes or so. I'm like, I don't buy that Hugh Jackman is this much of a dirtbag. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I want to see Lay Miz Hugh Jackman <laughs> <laughs> saving bald women. <laughs> I want to see polite, affable Hugh Jackman. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Exactly, dude. He murders people with his talents, but he's not bad guy. <laughs> he's not yeah. bad guy. Yeah, I don't know. Obviously, great performance by him. The kid, the kid is like bearable to me. And that's yeah, all he bearable. needs. All he, yeah. That's all he really needs to be. You know, you expect nothing of child actors. So when, when they give an, a passable performance, you're pleasantly surprised. <laughs> Anakin Skywalker, dude. <laughs> no, that's all I could think of. <laughs> yeah, I got I got those vibes as well. Those are not good vibes to be to have. Yeah, <laughs> not good vibes. Not I a great know. association. Short answer here because you're talking about performances. I, I like the Anthony Mackie's performance part where he's like that guy who was owed money by Hugh Jackman, and then I forgot he called him homie or something, and then his face when he called him that. Mm-hmm. That was pretty funny. And then the Midas operator in the first fight, his facial acting was pretty great. Just want to throw that in there. This is 2011, right? Yeah, this is 2011. So this is pre. Falcon, right? Yeah, I believe so. So he wasn't an Avenger yet? No. He was a B-Avenger, like he said. <laughs> the Marvel B-Team. Yeah, the Marvel B-Team. I wish we had that recorded. <laughs> it was so good the first time. It's the B-Team, dude. It's Hugh Jackman, Evangeline Lilly, Anthony Mackie, and there's a couple other people that have been in Marvel movies, but are not necessarily like a hero. But this is literally, this is like the table scraps. Who was the director? Because I'm trying to like, in my mind, envision how these people are all coming together. Uh, Sean Levy, it says. Is he in any way associated with Marvel? I don't know. It's a good question. Because if he was, then it's like, that would make so much more sense. It would make sense because he could just pull all the actors that he worked with before. Yeah, exactly. I don't think so, though. I don't think so. Yeah. Just I'll a happy coincidence. Happy accident. Yeah. Just like his son. <laughs> <laughs> and his wife who died from <laughs> yeah, yeah, his wife died. They don't even like show her. So this movie, all the plot points, it's like all ripped straight from Rocky Balboa. A lot of the robot names are drawn from either Rocky or boxing or like WWE. Zeus is straight up a riff on like Apollo, Apollo Creed. Oh, I forgot. There's a bunch of wrestling references, though. But it's a lot of wrestling, too, which is why I said it's kind of like this mashup between boxing and WWE. Yeah. You know when they're doing the underground fights and they're like, oh, you can do whatever you want. I was like, why is it still just boxing? (laughs) Why isn't it like WWE? Why isn't it, you know, UFC? Why aren't they just shooting each other with guns? (laughs) Hand-to-hand combat. Hand-to-hand combat. Yeah. That's what we learned. <laughs> Pretty loaded fists. Back to the director. He did not do anything Marvel as a director, but he did direct some Stranger Things episodes. Interesting. Yeah. Mm. Huh. So, a lot of the boxing 
Although you would think that it was probably Hugh Jackman doing the mocap. It was actual professional boxers that did a lot of the mocap. I can uh, tell. <laughs> those are some crisp punches. <laughs> like the what? final final fight, like when he's just jumping around, it's like eh, it's iffy. Yeah. yeah. I mean it's it's screen punching, you know. Yeah. He's no like, slouch for sure, but like yeah. yeah. He's Wolverine. Come on. He's the Wolverine, dude. <laughs> yeah. Wolverine doesn't fight like a boxer. <laughs> no, he doesn't. Just imagine Claws when he's punching people and it fits better. Just clawing people, dude. You're right, you're right. I just keep thinking of Logan. Like, when everyone's frozen, he just, like, stabs the guys through the brain. Yeah. We talked about this, too. The intro sequence screams Logan. Yeah. Should we do Logan next? <laughs> I'm down. We can. James Mangold. Yeah. And then we can do uh, Ford vs. Ferrari, which is also a Mangold movie. Oh, I heard that movie was getting rave reviews. Yeah. Like It was great. Yeah. I watched it. It was very good. It's Batman and... Uh... Marky Mark. No, sorry. The Not other Marky one. Mark. <laughs> the other one. Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Yeah, Christian Bale's really good in that. Oh, here we go. The... Boxing mocap was supervised by Sugar Ray Leonard. Oh, okay. Really? Sugar sure. Ray? Yeah. Ha-ha. Would you look at that? I thought that, I don't know, it's a pretty cool premise. I kind of question why they didn't just use that motion cap for, like, all of the fights. It seems pretty OP. <laughs> you know? How in the last one? convenience. I guess, they uh, have to pull out something magical at the last moment in order to win, <laughs> yeah, right. you know? That's true. The Deus Ex mocap. Deus Ex <laughs> mocap. <laughs> It'd be great if he was just wearing a mocap suit. <laughs> the side of the... Like, jab, jab, jab. One, two, one. The kid's a fucking weeb, bro. <laughs> so weeb. Come on yeah. now. Yeah, oh, the Japanese was so bad. <laughs> yeah, it was rough to watch. I mean, this is a scene where um, he bought a one of the champions in robot boxing, but he uses voice commands through a headset. And the voice commands are in Japanese because it's a Japanese robot. And uh, that's what we're referring to. Also, another thing that I wanted to point out, uh, they never really go into it, but it seemed like the robot that they found in the junkyard had some sort of intelligence to it. Like he wasn't sentient and they don't really go back to it ever again. And that's like a huge (laughs) plot. Like... Like That's for Real Steel 2, Sam. Yeah, yeah you're right. Yeah. for Real Steel 2. Yeah, they, they keep stringing you along the imply it quite a few times. A, little, yeah. like a bunch of the setup and quite a few of the shots. And it just doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't go anywhere. <laughs> it doesn't it's go like, anywhere. What the heck? And like, what I was expecting. So this is what I was expecting. They the final asked, fight. The final fight. What happens is they hired. There's kind of like the WWE where uh, I said McMahon, you got this businesswoman. And she hired like the best robot maker developer he's obviously japanese because all the robots come from japan <laughs> and they asked him is zeus your greatest creation and he doesn't answer it so what i was expecting was that his greatest creation was a robot that they found oh. and then like, he ditched somehow or like tried to hide because it was sentient and that's going to be outlawed and somehow that's going to re- go up full circle where you know he just comes out and it's like welcome back my greatest creation and the robots like 
you know, like crying on the inside because it's like I found my dad. You know, <laughs> it's about family. I kind of, I kind of saw that too. Yeah, yeah right. I kind of felt that was coming too, and it didn't just yeah. never materialize. Just, and then just going on, and they're, and they're, they got a sentient robot just boxing. And I was like, well, what? I was expecting a scene where it's implied that the kid doesn't add in a chat sad functionality to the robot. It's more like he faked it so that. You know, he's like actually talking to the robot and the robot's responding. Yeah. You know, because I don't think a kid's smart enough to do that. This is like high level tech stuff where you're adding voice commands to a robot. But like, I was expecting a scene where he loses control mm. and then the robot's just fighting on his own. But no, it didn't come either. Yeah, I was expecting it to be like the final fight, right? When he's just up against the ropes and it's like, oh, we don't know what to do. And then the robot, because he's like sentient, he just ends up fighting and wins. He like his better moves. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like he's more creative and that's yeah. why he ends up winning, you know? Yeah, totally. That's what I thought initially when I was like, oh, they're setting up this huge plot for something, but... Yeah, it just doesn't materialize. They didn't. No, because in the end, it's about family. Also, they control the robots with the Nintendo Switch. I thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> An HP Switch. Sorry. You're right. You're right. <laughs> Gotta give them the marketing props. Yep. <laughs> they called it, Sam. They called it. Yeah, I'm really curious about what Real Steel 2 is gonna be like, though. Oh, that's actually coming out? Yeah, no, it's actually oh, coming out. Oh, I thought you were joking. No, I'm not joking. Oh, I hope it's about the robot and, like, how he's, he's actually smart. That has to be what it is. That has to be, yeah. And it's about the robot being family, you know? He becomes part of the family. He becomes part of the family, yeah. <laughs> it's always about family. <laughs> Oh, like when they open up his chest to fix him and he just held together by like, like electrical tape. <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> like, oh, oh, it's too real. <laughs> I had a problem with the fact that every time a robot like took damage, it was just done forever. I'm like, surely you can fix them. <laughs> it's like that's yeah. very fixable. It's metal, right? It's just it's a robot. It's not like a a person where if you rip off their leg, it's a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> there's no robot healthcare yeah. yeah it didn't make sense cause like Evangeline Lily's character is like a, a robot fixer upper mechanic uh, right yeah. so yeah. I'm just like why isn't she fixing any of these robots yeah I felt like they should have been able to repair at least scrounge some parts from robot A and put them into robot B or something and they yeah. do do it later like the yeah. voice recognition system like yeah but never again never again yeah, <laughs> I don't but, know. yeah that's it that's why they're the B Avengers, you know? They're not good at their jobs. <laughs> <laughs> not smart enough. Not smart enough, yeah. I think the robot, the final robot, Adam, I think he's kind of a visual callback a little bit to the character from mm -hmm. the Mike Tyson like boxing game. Oh, Punch-Out? Yeah, Punch-Out. What character? Like little the Mac? main character. <laughs> like yeah. Little Mac, yeah. He looks... Kind of like him, or at least it visually reminds me of him for some reason. He looks derpy. But yeah, with his derpy eyes. Yeah. He's like an old boxer that's punch drunk that they just pulled out of the scrapyard. <laughs> They're like, we gotta put you back to work, kid. <laughs> back in the ring. <laughs> back in the ring. Please, I have, I'm punch drunk. I don't even have any short-term memory anymore. I don't even <laughs> remember who you people are. It's memento. Yeah, I was very pleasantly surprised. What surprised me was, like, I feel like this film has actually held its own, like, decently in terms of time. 
I didn't even realize it was 2011. Totally. I, I thought it was watchable when I watched it. Yeah, like they built all the robots for real in addition to using the CG. Oh, wow. Part for like a lighting reference and then part for like, like there are some scenes where the robots are not moving very much where they can like just sitting down or something. Look at all this Budweiser. Look at all the Budweiser. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. It's everywhere. I missed that somehow. Bud Light. It's just I Budweiser. <laughs> I was referring to a scene where uh, I love this where they yeah. go to the zoo. <laughs> They're at the zoo and, and it's literally the zoo. <laughs> it's literally a zoo. And filled with uh, punk guys, and there's a huge like robot scrapped together with a hammer, and there's literally people in a large circle, and all of them have Budweisers, just shaking it up. And but, uh, literally every single person. Yeah. Like every single person. I like how that guy had like the the Yu-Gi-Oh. Uh... <laughs> oh, the Yu-Gi-Oh thing on his arm. Yeah. Yeah, like the fight band. You activated my trap card. I guess it is more effective to use two hands. You know. Yeah. I don't see the advantage. Also, how how are they controlling such intricate actions with like just one hand, just like you know, just fiddling around like that? A singular like, joystick. Singular joystick. Yeah. Nintendo Switch, it's it's powerful. How do they do, like movement, and also direction, like at the same time with one joystick? It's the same question you have whenever you see robots piloted. Movement is very intricate. Neural links. That's why they need to connect with their brains. Yeah, that's why you gotta go Pacific Rim, where you just yeah have like the entire pilot controlling through movement and through this through their mind. <laughs> it's just the Nintendo Switch. I mean, I'm sure it could work. I'm sure if you programmed it, so just like, you know, you're just controlling forward, backward, the robot decides how to interpret it or whatever. I guess you could say that. <sighs> okay. <laughs> I mean, have it work like a Roomba where you're just walking back and forth and then you just control it, have it punch. Do you remember the game where there's like two robots and you're pushing buttons and just like punching each other in a ring and then the head pops up if you lose? Uh, Rock'em Sock'em Robots? Yeah, they're just like standing in place. They're just literally mashing buttons to punch each other. And the this first movie person... is literally that, but a movie. <laughs> yeah, it is that. I'm just saying robots don't have to move. They could just punch each other while standing still. But then wouldn't be boxing, really. Right, It'd just right. be standing and then punching each other. Yeah, why not? Just punch each other silly. But it wouldn't be as entertaining. <laughs> I don't know. It could be entertaining. So I mean, I have to give them swords. You're right. So giant double swords. Giant Godzilla monsters. <laughs> Dude, what if Real Steel 2 was mini kaijus? Like mini Godzillas are popping up everywhere. So they got to take all the boxing robots and fight him? No, 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 Sam. The way that this fits into the canon is this takes place 100 years before, before <laughs> a specific room happens. And this is the preface. They build <laughs> robots is... to box and then they <laughs> put people inside <laughs> of them. Make, yeah. Right, that makes sense. <laughs> The U.S. government was like, we're about to dump hundreds of trillions of dollars into this program so we can fight sea monsters. Makes Hugh Jackman sense. was like, oh, free money? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> That's why they all fight hand-to-hand still, Sam. It makes sense. Right, right. It, it makes sense. It's in the canon. boxers. It's canon. This is the prequel to Pacific Rim 1. Exactly. It all makes sense now. I, I just don't understand. I still can't wrap my head around why in Pacific Rim they're like... Let's force two, not one, but two people inside of the robot. It makes sense. We have logic. Also, so much Dr. Pepper in this movie. Dr. Pepper. So much. So Pacific Rim comes directly from the Animus, right? Yeah, more or less. But does Real Steel have any ties? 
Mm, to anime or? Uh, I I can call off the top of my not head. Really. No, yeah. Not really. Not really. They have boxing anime, like regular boxing, but not like robot boxing. They definitely have boxing anime, like Hajime no Ippo that's been going for like 5 million years. Oh yeah, that's popular. But the problem is, like, all the boxing anime, they're basically just boxing. Yeah, it's all boxing. <laughs> it's very exaggerated, but all the stuff that happens in them is, like, just straight up boxing. And, like, what is the goal? Just get better at boxing? Get stronger? Get faster? Just be well, Jettos? Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's just Jettos. Isn't that the I whole mean, goal? <laughs> well, well, I mean... Most boxing anime and the sports anime in general are just like, hey, let's become the champion. And then the, like, the whole saga is just them becoming the champion. Although in Hajime no Ippo's fucking case, it's becoming the champion and then becoming the world champion, which he has still yet to accomplish some 30 years later. And then <laughs> the strongest man in the world defeat enemies with one punch. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. 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 So you're it's telling me... Like, Americans came up with an idea for an anime before Japan did. <laughs> they came up right. with robot boxing before the Japanese? I don't You're understand. Right. Oh my god, now that you mention it, they're gonna have a robot boxing anime now. It's gonna come out next year. Like, how does America come up with something more anime than Japan does? Hmm. That doesn't make sense. Hmm. That's a good, that's a good point. It's a good point. And there's a lot of weeb references, so I assume that there had to be some sort of boxing anime. Oh my god, this is the third movie that I've seen that's anime-like that works, but there's no, it's not based off of an actual anime. It's blowing my mind right now. It's weird, right? It yeah. is weird. Huh. Now that you mention it. It's so intriguing to me. <laughs> yeah, I just assumed that there was like an anime that this was roughly based off of. Yeah, no, none that not I know. All. Not at all. Not at all. It could easily become an anime. I could see it. I could see it in my mind right now. Totally, me too. I mean, it's mostly pulling references from, like, Rocky Balboa. Hold on, uh, we gotta copyright this idea before Japan steals it. Let's, uh, let's be the first to make a robot boxing anime. <laughs> yeah, and then we need to sell it to some animation studios. We do, we do. Let's write a really crappy script. We know all the tropes. <laughs> That's our next project. Let's do it. Just copy and paste like a third of the Rocky Balboa script and we'll be good to go. Yeah, copy like Evangelion into it. Instead of it being like Rocky Balboa, it'll be like... Rocky Balboa. (laughs) (laughs) Just switch the letters. Huroki Balboa? (laughs) Yeah. Huroki? Hiroki Balboa. No, you guys say Hikari, you know, light. (laughs) Generic. Protagonist name. Or truth, Shinji. <laughs> Shinji. <laughs> uh, There's potential here. I'm, I'm seeing it already. Yeah, I'm seeing it already. You know what? Let's After move- this podcast ends, let's all uh, let's make it. <laughs> <laughs> Literally copy and paste. I'll start working on the script. We'll have to keep brainstorming those names. Come up will, with something suitably cheesy. Just call him Protogonist. <laughs> <laughs> Protogonist. Yeah, totally. Protosan. Protosan. <laughs> No, Hero is straight up the name of uh, the protagonist from uh, Gundam Wing. Also Big Hero 6. Yeah, Big Hero 6, yeah. Stash. Wait, there's a Japanese zombie movie where the name, his name is Hero, and like he, they play the pun off of it at the very end, where it's like, I, my name's Hero, and I'm not a hero. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I thought it was going to be like, I am Iron Man. It's Iron Man. <laughs> <laughs> Snaps his fingers. Oh my god, we got to do this now. We're going to do it.
And then we're going to sell it to Hollywood and they're going to be like, wow, what a refreshing idea. We've never seen anything like this. And we're like, are you kidding me? Netflix adaptation of it in the future. That's really horribly done as live action. Ghost in the Shell. uh, Avatar. (laughs) Levels. Avatar, yep. We're going to get M. Night Shyamalan. We're like, we won't sell you the rights unless Shyamalan makes Yeah, we demand Shyamalan. (laughs) Or Michael Bay. Or both. Co-directors. You're co-directing, yeah. Michael Bay. Oh my, it's explosions. And then Michael Bay directs the action scenes. Oh yeah, that's dream team right there. Dream team. It's going to be the perfect nightmare. (laughs) I'm so hyped for this. I actually want to do this now. We crap on Michael Bay so much, but I don't think we've really watched any of his movies. Oh, I like Michael Bay. I said this before, but yeah, I, I like his movies. Bad Boys. Okay. Um, what's Bad another one? No, Speed? Did he do Speed? I don't remember. Speed, Speed's Michael Bay, right? Uh, Armageddon? Is it Armageddon Arm- Michael Armageddon, Bay? Armageddon, yes. Armageddon, yeah. Yeah, fantastic. All the Transformers movies. Uh, I don't like the Transformers movies. The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie. Oh, yes. Uh, I liked Pearl. it. Oh, Pearl Harbor. <laughs> oh, Pearl Harbor. We're going to watch that, but we can't. We nixed it. <laughs> Pearl Harbor. Oh, oh no. no. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I like Michael Bay. We're going to have to watch that movie eventually. Uh, Michael Bay has this genius where people who can't understand English love the movies because there's no plot in it. Or if you did understand the plot, you would hate the movie. But since you can't, you're just looking at it. It just looks great. <laughs> and you don't need to worry about the dialogue because they don't speak English. They don't, yeah. They just like the explosions or things are happening. So I think. You know, we do rag on him a lot, but I think in terms of, like, creating an entertaining movie, he is really good at it. He knows how to captivate audiences yeah. with no substance. Yeah, exactly. And the audience aren't there for, like, a deep or moving movie. It's just, they just want to have fun for a little bit. Basically what this movie is. <laughs> it's not yeah. deep. Well, this one has substance, I feel like. Uh, it's, got, it's got a little bit there. My character is about bit. family. It's about family. It's about family. It's like the most down-the-middle story of this type that you can come up with. It's generic. Like, man abandons child, man regrets abandoning child, man gets back together with child. Man becomes a better person by the end, has good relationship with child, full arc. (laughs) Except at the end, he still doesn't have a city. They don't really address that. Yeah, you can imagine right after the movie's over, she's like, alright, now you're never seeing him again, bye. (laughs) Never again. Never Never again. again. I mean, I think the assumption is just like, oh, their relationship will get better. And even yeah. though she has custody, he'll go visit her. I guess we'll find out, though, if there's a second movie. Yeah, I mean, we'll see soon enough, right? Yeah. I think it's coming out like 2020. We should watch it on opening. <laughs> Would you want to? <laughs> yeah, I want to, you know, we got to get that hot review out. It's going to be the biggest movie of 2020. I think a lot of people will actually go to watch it. Really? I, I think so. No, seriously. Okay. I talked to a lot of people on Twitch where I was just like mentioning this movie. And a lot of them had the same response where like, doesn't look like my cup of tea. Which was my first response. And I was like, no, it's actually pretty decent. It's pretty good. It made three million in the box office. Wow, okay. Not bad. That's why it's the B Avengers. <laughs> doesn't quite pull into money. I don't see any updates on the IMDB page, so I don't know. Real Steel 2 in development at DreamWorks. Oh. Real Steel doesn't open in theaters. We'll wait and see. We'll wait and see. Yeah. 
Is Hugh Jackman signed up for it though? Uh, yeah. Okay. And also Maybe Anthony I'm... Mackie. <laughs> Anthony mm. Mackie returns. The Beavengers return. <laughs> the return of the Beavengers. Oh my god, that would be a fantastic Marvel film, just about the side characters that no one care about, and they have their own film, just complaining. Actually, that was kind of a bomb, because their budget was 110 mil, and they only made 300 mil. Well, not too bad, right? The profit, right? Yeah, but usually for a 100 mil film, you want to be making close to 500 mil. It's about family, it's not about money. It's okay. The Beavengers will carry this film. Yeah, the Beavengers will carry it. Like they actually are kind of have some name recognition now because back yeah. in 2011 they really didn't. Well, Hugh Jackman, well, Hugh Jackman was the leading man, but no one else. Eventually, Lily a little bit, but like now last. Yeah, now they're household names. This was pre Les Mis because Les Mis mm. was December 25th, 2012. Oh well, yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's a Christmas movie. <laughs> it's a Christmas movie, boys. Does that mean a Christmas special? Mm. We already have the twelve days of Star Wars coming. <laughs> we can talk about this later, but yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll hammer it out. We should also probably do Spaceballs beforehand. <laughs> oh my god! Round it up. Yes. 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 It's gonna be yeah. so much podcasting. It's such a, we have to watch the movies too. Because oh, I don't remember anything about the movies. It's like 18 hours of movie. <laughs> I guess I should get started now because it's going to be Christmas in a month. Yeah, it's yeah. coming soon. We should start watching those right now. What if What if we uh, just record the episodes early? Like instead of doing a... Because we have enough of a backlog, I think. Yeah, yeah. I want to watch maybe... Rogue One together, and then the newest Star Wars movie. I think that those would be worth watching together. I want to watch the newest one. I want to. I want to be disappointed in real time with people sitting next to me. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm going to be sitting next to you, and I'm going to be play by play. <laughs> play by play, play by play, play by play, and then uh, you're just going to be talking out loud about how Last Jedi is a great movie, and the crowd's going to get angry. Oh, what a good movie. It's almost <laughs> as good as The Last Jedi. Oh, yeah. Oh, you did the Red Letter Cinema voice. <laughs> Pretty good there. <laughs> closing thoughts. Yeah, closing thoughts. That's, yeah, closing, closing thoughts. thoughts. Uh, yeah, you know, this movie is remarkably straightforward considering it's boxing robots. It's just the story of huge jacked man, um, getting closer with his son and becoming a better person. I guess becoming not a sleazeball. Because he starts out pretty sleazeball. And then he becomes like a regular person by the end of the movie. <laughs> the fighting, the action set pieces with the punchy robots are pretty cool. They look great. They still look great. They're done very well. It's, it's good enough. It still holds up. Although this was made eight years ago now. Yeah. yeah. It still looks great. And... There are some great performances. There's some shitty performances, but it's fine. Perfectly okay. Uh, yeah, you know, I think I'm going to give Real Steel, I think I'd give it six Suicide Squads. Mm, okay. Oh, okay. Right around 60%, just like the critics. <laughs> six Suicide Squads. Well, the critics don't, aren't operating on the Suicide Squad scale, so who knows what. That is correct. That yeah. is correct. 
what that means for them. Clearly ours is superior, our rating method. Yes, much more accurate. Yeah, it's much more accurate. You know what you're getting. Uh, I guess my final thoughts? I don't know. I really enjoyed this film, and I enjoyed it, I'd say, slightly, ever so slightly less than the first time I ended up watching it. Mm. Like, the second time around, I was a little more annoyed by the performances, but surprisingly, like, this movie still holds up, and... At the end of the day, you know, it's a story about family. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> about driving cars fast and family, you know? Damn. <laughs> but uh, if you go into it not expecting it to have a lot of depth and just want to have fun, I think it's a good movie for that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I think it pleasantly surprises you with some depth, you know? It's not a Pacific Rim, too. Mm. Yeah, it's not. Like, there is some substance there. And although the plot is very straightforward, it's still a really enjoyable movie to watch and you can't help but like cheer on the main characters so yeah i recommend this movie to people knowing full well that a lot of people aren't gonna like it but that's okay (laughs) that's okay that's okay yeah it's okay that's fine they don't have a heart they don't they don't have a family that's why they don't care about family yeah they don't but yeah i'd probably give this movie an eight wow okay i I would give it an eight i actually really like i really like this film even though it's not by any means like a technically amazing film. But yeah, what do you think, Sam? Yeah, I, I liked it a lot. So everything's on the nose. It's by the numbers. But it's well done because the, the actors give personality to the characters and the movie. That does heartwarming. Mm-hmm. It's very nice to see a movie that's like positive and uplifting. We don't get a lot of those. That's well done anymore, I should say. So I'm going to give it a solid 7. I did like it a lot. I, I think if people watch the film, that they're going to like it. I think the initial thing they need to get over is probably, you know, they saw a trailer and, and it didn't do the movie justice or um, they heard some bad reviews maybe. But yeah, honestly, like I had the same reaction too where I was just looking at it. It's like, robot boxing, that sounds really dumb. And then when I watched it, I was like, this is actually pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i would recommend it as well i think if people get over like whatever initial reaction they have to hearing robot boxing i think they'll they'll see that's a very solid film it's about family <laughs> i would probably have given it a little bit higher score if they had yeah. taken like a little bit more risk with the story uh, it's so straightforward but i guess it was all right i yeah, still enjoyed a, it yeah it's like a family film <laughs> family film yeah family film of a family <laughs> they swear a decent amount for a family film though <laughs> yeah they do that's the one thing I noticed that's why like it wasn't completely clean yeah but yeah it's okay you need more horrific violence and swearing <laughs> in your family like Logan is the ultimate family film oh uh, yeah you got it's right up there, there with John Wick 3 John Wick yeah, yeah John Wick 3 perfect family film you just have huge jacked man yelling fuck right into like a little girl's face <laughs> uh, it's just it's just heartwarming alright yeah on that note <laughs> this has been episode 28 on Real Steel thank you for listening in write to us at pointyhatcast at gmail.com once again the email is pointyhatcast at gmail.com catch you guys next time thanks for dropping by guys stay pointy stay pointy, stay pointy.
totally forgot about that scene. <laughs> Anyways, this episode took a little longer than usual. So what we usually do is we have three separate Audacity recordings made locally on each of our machines. So we have, you know, the cleanest possible audio that we can get. It's not ideal sometimes because there's background noise, etc. But it's way better than using our Skype recording. But unfortunately, Isaiah's recording was lost. So I had my recording, I had Barry's recording, and then for Isaiah, I had the Skype recording. So what I had to do was I had to go and scrub through the Skype file and try to isolate his voice as best as possible and then put that into the podcast. So you might notice the audio quality being a little bit lower than usual. Also, there might be some cases where, you know, he is talking at the same time as one of us, and then, you know, that's a, that gets wonky to edit. It was very difficult, and this was uh, one of the hardest podcasts I had to edit. I go through, you know, I, I do everything possible, like removing the background noise. Uh, if people are talking over each other, I either delete something or I space it out so it sounds more natural. I also shorten sentences if there's like a lot of repeating words or we mispronounce something in the middle of a sentence and we do it again then i cut that out to make it flow a lot smoother so that it's a lot easier for someone listening to enjoy the podcast there was only one time where the editing was way more difficult and that was when isaiah had accidentally enabled record on voice activity for audacity set so what this does is that every time you speak it will start recording on Audacity, and when you don't speak, it will stop recording. So you can imagine the nightmare I had when he gave me his audio file, and all of his speaking segments were crushed together, and I had to sync it manually. There was no other way around it, and that was a very painful process. But yeah, uh, thank you to all the fans. All the people listening, sticking around, I really do appreciate it. I know we don't have a lot, and uh, every person who listens to any one of our episodes, I'm incredibly grateful for that.